This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, episode 156. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your host, Michael Blanc. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Blanc. I am super excited to finally have Robert Helms of the Real Estate Guys on the show today. We just got uh, back recently from the Real Estate Guys Summit at Sea, which is a 10-day cruise. And it is a huge investment in time and, of course, money, but it is a transformational experience so if you've never been and you want to perform at a much higher level than you're right now, I would make it a priority for 2020, January 12th to 20, and register for that. Make sure you mention my name because then you get $100 credit on the cruise and I get $100 credit as well. I can buy more wine with that. So make sure you mention that and go to realestateguys.com to register for that. So I'm really excited to talk about uh, about Robert and I ask him where he sees the market is headed. He's got a, a pretty level headed around himself. He knows all the economic data. He's also a real estate investor, and so I really want to talk to him about uh, what what is what is it that's happening in his mind and what we should pay attention to, and then I kind of uh, summarize my key takeaways from the cruise right after that. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview with Robert Helms of The Real Estate Guys. Here we go. Robert, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you, sir. Great to be on the program. I'm glad you have a voice left because both of us just got off your Real Estate Guys cruise, and uh, what a fabulous cruise that was. Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. And uh, usually I don't have a voice. I don't have much of a voice, but at least enough to be able to share some thoughts today. Well, you know, you did a great job uh, assembling just a high quality faculty. You had Robert Kiyosaki there. You had Rich Dad Advisors, Tom Wheelwright and Garrett Sutton. You have economic people like Peter Schiff and new ideas with seasteading uh, with Joe Quirk. And it's just amazing. What were some of your key takeaways from the cruise? Well, for me, it's always about who shows up and watching how their paradigm shift, because we have a lot of folks who are traditionally into real estate investing of all kinds, right? Apartments or single family or even development. But we always talk broader picture economics. That's why we have a guy like Ed Griffin or, or Peter Schiff there, because, you know, real estate as an investment vehicle floats in a sea of a lot of different investments. You've got lots of folks, but the majority of people probably invest in stocks and bonds and mutual funds. And you've got alternative investors that, you know, invest in oil or gas or private placements or, you know, precious metals. And so to get a lot of diverse people together and to try to get on the same page is the challenge. And so the whole idea of the summit is really just to get super smart people around and let them interact. We don't have an agenda. We don't have a, a position. It's just I know when I get great people together, great stuff is going to happen. Yeah, so I mean, three years ago, I started going to the cruise for the first time, and you know, my philosophy always was, was I don't really watch the news because it just depresses me, and I feel like I can't change things anyway, so why bother? I always might, you know, if, if something happens that's very important, someone will tell me about it, and then I go to the, you know, to the summit three years ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, while that may be true, that doesn't mean you should have, you know, your your head in the ground or elsewhere. You actually have to pay attention a little bit because while you can't possibly avoid a storm, you can prepare for it. Well, that's such a big part of what we do. You know, it's not doom and gloom at all. We're optimists by nature. We're always investing. And uh, my belief is there's always a great market. There's always a place where it makes sense to invest. I've never in my investing career of, of dozens and dozens of years completely taken my foot off the gas. I don't sit in cash for years. I'm always investing. 
And I believe if you study markets and you study product types within markets, you'll be able to find those opportunities no matter what happens. But I also agree that the majority of the quote unquote news may not be anything that affects us, but we do need to understand where the trends are going. We need to understand the basic premises of our financial system. And that's different than maybe what the economy is doing. And although we want to keep an eye on that, especially those of us that have tenants, right? Tenants wake up in this same ecosystem and they have to go figure out how they're going to take their scarce resources and apply them to housing. And if we can provide clean, safe, affordable housing at a reasonable price, well, that's going to be a product type that weathers any kind of an economic storm. That may not be the same tenant, right? As things get tough in difficult markets, like we saw in 2008, 2009, there were people that were, you know, maybe living in A-class apartments that had to move down a notch. When times are good, there's people living in the lower level apartments or have roommates that may move up a notch. So there's definitely a sweet spot where, you know, no matter what happens in the economy, you're gonna have an economic relationship with your real estate. And I think that's the part you gotta get your mind around. It's easy to pay attention to just the folks that say the sky is falling, but it's also easy to pay attention to people that don't pay any disregard to that, you know? So we have to do both. I think we have to make prudent decisions with the information we have while we're trying to look ahead. Well, we had a lot of smart people talk about where they think the economy is going, et cetera. Where do you kind of see the, everything going, uh, the economy and, uh, and the world going? What's kind of in your, in your outlook? You know, I joke when I introduced Peter Schiff that he's predicted 19 of the last two recessions. And part of that is he's, he's a perma bear. He's a guy that's looking at where the cracks may be in the dam all the time. But I need a guy like that around because I'm the other guy. I'm the guy that always sees opportunity and I'm enthusiastic and I'm always looking at the upside. And what I learned in the last downturn is I need to have some of that other voice in my ear. And so I think that we are like, you know, we had Dr. Doug Duncan from Fannie Mae last year on the summit. You were there and he was warning us we were pretty late in the cycle and he didn't see a huge heavy crash landing, but that we would definitely start to see signs. And since he was there a year ago, we've seen many of those signs. And I do think that we're going to see an overall slowdown in a lot of areas. But, you know, as real estate investors, we're looking at a couple of things. We're looking at interest rates. A lot of talk about that in the summit these last 10 days. And we're also looking at the demographic shifts as people are moving, as people are making decisions with their households. We're seeing, you know, net in migration in some states and it's the other direction in others. So I do think that now's the time to be prudent. Now's not a time to, think everything's going to be roses and everything's going to be great. But there's always a level of prudence you want to have in your investing. Just the sobering reality that things can and do change. Well, I certainly was taken by surprise by the last recession, having the rosy glasses on. I don't know. How was it for you? Yeah, much the same. It's really, you know, back, back then we would hang around mostly real estate investors and go to real estate events and speak at real estate symposiums. And we were very real estate centric. And, you know, we didn't see it coming. And thankfully, we had taken a couple of steps, which today have saved our bacon and are the same steps I'm taking now. But up until then, we were really looking at a, a, a you know, always optimistic picture and we weren't ready for the downturn. But people were. Peter was one of those guys in 2006. He wrote Crash Proof and he outlined in that book exactly why the crash would come. And he was dead on in writing. There's a lot of guys who claim that they saw it, but very few you can find had it in writing published two years before. So we started to think, well, how can I get around guys that, that saw it coming? And today, I think we're much better positioned just because of education. We just learned and we got around people who 
you know, have distinctions. And I think that's really the key for any investor is to not be independent of everybody, but to do what you're going to do, but make sure you're paying attention to the bigger economic picture, the C, if you will, that your investments float in. All right. Can you, Robert, be a little more specific about what people should start paying attention to? Yeah. So I think jobs are huge when it comes to certain real estate asset classes. Now, you don't put all the emphasis on jobs. I own property in several places where my tenant, if you will, is not there because they have a job. It's quite the opposite. They're either retired or they're at a stage in life when they need help or they're there to have fun and take a vacation. So it's not all about jobs. But if you study jobs, you can see what's happening within industries and where people are going. If I'm an apartment investor, that's probably my tenant. Most apartment investors are going to have tenants who get up every day and go to work for somebody else and send a big chunk of their paycheck to you so that they have a great place to live. And so in that case, I'm looking for durability of income. And I want to make sure that I'm in a market where we will expect to continue to see a strong demand for this kind of housing. And, you know, today we're in a situation in the last several years, we've seen cap rates compress a lot in multifamily because there's been a lot of demand and there's been a lot of money chasing the same asset. You have a big amount of money chasing the same income. Well, the income multipliers are going to change. And so I'm certainly not taking my foot off the gas when it comes to housing, because I think it's a great asset uh, within real estate. But you also just have to make sure that what you're banking on, that income is durable. So that's why I like jobs. I like to take a look at where incomes are headed. And then I also want to understand any major shifts, whether that's shifts in markets, macroeconomics, whether it shifts in technology, whether it shifts in the way people approach ownership, right? A lot of the younger folks today don't think the American dream is to own a home. Now for me and you, that's good news, right? No longer is there this big emphasis on we've got to own our own home, we've got to own our own home. No, people are content to rent and I'm content to have them as tenants. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about interest rates is so important and, and especially multifamily commercial real estate. Where do you see that going? Yeah, you know, experts predict that interest rates will either rise or decline in the future. Uh, <laughs> the thing about interest rates for us is it's the fuel we use. It's our economic fuel for our properties. Most of us buy with leverage. Leverage is a two-edged sword, but it's a great way to magnify return. And so the great news about lending world right now is that loans are relatively affordable and relatively available. Now, if you've only been investing for the last five years, you might say, well, you know, rates are up. But I'll tell you what, when you've been investing like a lot of the folks we had on the summit for decades and decades, it looks pretty good right now. And so I, I do think we're at a time where it is prudent to look at fixed debt and make sure that if you think you can handle the debt at the current rate today, then you're, you're good. I think that with commercial loans especially, there's less flexibility. A lot of folks get into loan on bigger products that has a you know end date so the, the, it's like, you know, single family homes, you can refinance and refinance in and out of fairly easily even today. But when you've got a 10 year, you know, $10 million loan, that due date is coming regardless of what the economy looks like. So you have to be that much more proactive about it. I don't see we're going to, I'm not expecting a huge increase in interest rates in the next few years. My crystal ball is a little murky, but I, I don't see that happening. Uh, if you look at what the Fed's been doing. I think we're going to see tempered at best, and that's great. That's going to be one less thing folks are worrying about in a, in a troublesome time, if you will. So I'm not worried about the, the rates. I'm a little concerned 
about sources of capital. So, you know, there's been a lot of emphasis on the government-sponsored agencies. And when that money is there, it's great to take advantage of. And what happens when that changes? So just macroeconomic picture of where the markets are and what we're seeing in terms of capital costs and the derivative market. I mean, all that, it's beyond anybody's control, but it's worth paying attention to, especially if you're in the market to refinance your debt. Yeah, I think the general consensus or feeling that I got that people had their eyes wide open, but they weren't paralyzed with fear. I think like you said, uh, it's not like we're sitting on our hands waiting for something to happen, but we're going into this and we're cognizant of the fact that we need to very much manage our risk. We're becoming more and more aware of the downside, which I never was uh, before 2008. And that was a, a major mistake. So I think that's collectively raised our level of awareness to, to start looking out for these things and to see how can we mitigate some of those risks. And I just love what you guys do at, at the real estate guys i mean you're, you're constantly you know raising the collective awareness and, and your tagline is education for effective action can you talk a little bit more about what, what you feel like your mission is yeah so you know we've had that um, as our motto for a long time and the premise is pretty simple that if you just learn stuff and don't do anything with it what good is it you have to put your your education to work and that's why i appreciate people that are doing the thing right they're out there and they're in the markets and they're finding properties and they're putting deals together and that's what it takes to make the economy go but what we really do with the real estate guys i think is create community and collapse time frames if something took me 10 years to learn and i can show someone how to do it in a year well more sooner is better so collapsing time frames comes when you work together and there's a lot of brains in the room it's my favorite thing about the summit and i, I totally concur that it was much more optimistic than it was pessimistic. Even though we talked about some really tough stuff and you know some challenges that may be in the road ahead for us, you know when people come together and will share wisdom and ideas and opportunities, then you know watch out, great things can happen. And that was the collaborative environment I think we created. Folks that come in this year, we were about a, a half and half of returnees like yourself and brand new people that have never been, and yet. Pretty quickly, they all integrated. We're part of the conversations. Very, you saw very people standing back with their arms crossed. People were getting in conversations. They were engaged. They were concerned, but I think they left with a reassurance of, of some level. I think the reassurance isn't necessarily where the economy is. I think the reassurance is: I know, come what may, I've got people that I can call, people I can talk to, people I can bounce ideas off of that are at least growing kind of in the same direction. Yeah, so if you guys missed the uh, cruise uh, just a little while, too bad. Uh, next one is going to be next year, June 12th to June 20th. So if you guys wanted to perform at a much higher level, I highly recommend you guys register for that. And make sure you mention my name, right, Robert? So everybody gets that $100 uh, cruising credit. <laughs> but for those people yeah. who missed it, you have something called the Future of Money and Wealth, where you recorded some of these speakers. Can you talk briefly about that? Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody knows exactly where the future is headed. So our premise was, let's get around a bunch of super smart folks. We won't tell them what to say. We're not going to give them the title of their talk. Instead, we say, here's what we're after. We're after the audience coming away with a sense of what the future might look like when it comes to money, not necessarily currency, a subset of that perhaps. And then wealth, what does it really mean to be wealthy and how do we continue to acquire wealth in an age of uncertainty? And so we got together this amazing faculty and they just overperformed. They all spoke individually. And then we had several panels of uh, these folks asking each other questions, weighing in, in some cases, debating. 
just super powerful to listen to people that, you know, have their head in the game and have for some time, right? Ed Griffin wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island many years ago about the Federal Reserve. It's really the thing that, that kind of woke me up to that whole reality. I didn't pay much attention to the Federal Reserve, like most people don't. And as soon as you read that book, it's like, you know, taking the red pill in the matrix and uh, it changes and it changes who you are, but the system doesn't change. So you learn to work within it. In fact, in 2012, when we had Robert Kiyosaki on the summit for the first time, he did a talk he entitled, Be the Fed, not Beat the Fed. So you're not going to beat the Fed, but you can come alongside the Federal Reserve and do what they do. And we can do that through real estate investing. We can essentially print our own currency. So to me, paying attention to what's happening on a broader scale than just real estate is prudent today because who knows where the effect is going to come from when there is a change to the high side or to the low side. It may not be real estate centric like the last downturn was, but real estate's going to always be affected by it. So that's the part about being a student. It's easy to just keep your head down and just keep acquiring assets and paying no attention to what's going on around you. But that can be dangerous. You know, if you can just look out a little bit on the horizon, you don't have to spend all your time there. Spend your time doing what you're doing, finding great partners, looking for great markets, looking for properties that are undervalued where there's upside. I mean, do all those things. But at the same time, just, just be aware. Just watch the landscape, the horizon, as the, the world unfolds in front of us. Yeah, and for those of you who want to uh, purchase the video recording of that, it's, it's at futureofmoneyandwealth.com on the Real Estate Guys Radio. It's a fabulous, a fabulous set of videos from some of the people that we just mentioned on the video here. But I, I love what you guys, you guys have so many great events, uh, Robert, and I've been to many of those. You have a fabulous goal-setting retreat. I took my wife there in January. Obviously, you have the, there's a cruise uh, June 12th and 20th. You also have syndication, live events, and, and, and stuff like that. So guys, if you're listening to this and you don't know who the real estate guys are, you definitely have to head over to realestateguysradio.com and click on the events button. Uh, their events are top notch. Hey, and Robert, you're going to be speaking at Dealmaker Live end of July in Dallas as well. I am super excited about that. Uh, thanks for bringing it to Dallas. That's central for a lot of folks, two big airports and all that. But uh, I, I think this is the key. You know, you can learn a ton from listening to podcasts and watching uh, educational information, reading books, and you should do all that. But where deals get done is face-to-face, belly-to-belly. It's the relationships you have that create the richness in your life. And I'm thrilled that you're going to get a whole bunch of people together. And uh, it's always great when that happens. To be a small part of it is awesome. Thanks for the invitation. This is going to be great. So, so Robert, I appreciate you being on the show. Any kind of parting words for our listeners? I think the thing is just to make sure that you are one step ahead of everybody else. It doesn't take that much. You don't have to go get a master's degree in in economics. You just have to pay attention to more than just apartments, to more than just real estate. Make sure you're understanding some of the economic realities and understand that our economy is different than the foundation of our financial system. We're in a debt-driven system. If you don't understand it, there's great resources out there. The future of money and wealth is one, and there's lots of places you can go to get your head around this stuff. I, I think that what hurt us the last time around when there was trouble was we were just complacent. We're like, yeah, none of that matters to me because I'm just a real estate guy. Well, when you're a real estate guy or gal, you are swimming in this ocean of everything else that's happening. And for those of us that raise capital, I know a lot of your students do that. Well, we really better know the other opportunities for people with capital to be in. 
Because if I can't articulate what the difference is between, say, a private placement in an apartment and what a mutual fund is and why it would make sense to consider investing in Main Street over Wall Street, then I'm at a loss. So you need to understand it in your own portfolio. And then if you're raising capital, even that much more. So it doesn't take that much. You know, I always commend people that are listening to podcasts and putting good ideas into their brain because that's the first step. Just make sure if there's anything you're unclear about, there's no such thing as a bad question. You can seek out the answers and you'll never be worse off for being more educated about these things. Yeah, so, so, so true. You just have to be more aware than certainly I was many years ago. And you guys do a great job on your newsletter, you know, really looking at the economy from a real estate investor's perspective. So, hey, Robert, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, Michael, thanks so much. It was great hanging out with you. And we'll look forward to seeing you uh, in Dallas. I love Robert Helms and Russell Gray, the real estate guys. Uh, they're a great group of guys. And what's more important, they assemble a great group of guys and gals in all their events that they do. So if you haven't done so already, go to realestateguysradio.com and subscribe to their newsletter because they kind of look at the economy from an investor's perspective. Really cool. And check out their live events as well. I think it's a great compliment for the live events that we put on, for example, in the Dealmaker Live, July 27 to 29. You can go to themichaelblank.com forward slash event to grab tickets for that. Robert Helms is speaking at that, uh, including the keynote is Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning, which made a big difference to me, as well as anyone who is any, anyone in multifamily. We have Joe Fairless will be speaking, Reed Goosens, we got Brian Burke, we have Corey Peterson, Adam Adams, to name some of the few, Dan Hanford, Neil Bawa, everyone's going to be there. So make sure that if you're interested as an active investor or even a passive investor to go to Dealmaker Live in Dallas. I wanted to kind of leave you with some of the key takeaways from the Real Estate Guys Summit at Sea because not everyone can go. It's a big commitment and time and money to do it. But man, the learning is off the charge. The people there are amazing. It doesn't matter who you talk to. They're already performing at the highest level of whatever they're doing. A lot of them are real estate investors, but not everyone. There's uh, there's oil investing. There's gold. There's economists. There's agricultural entrepreneurship. It's just amazing. You know, stuff like Joe Quirk talking about seasteading, where basically they're starting to populate the high seas. And he wants to sell sovereign countries. So if you want to buy a sovereign country, you can talk to Joe Quirk and uh, he'll build a platform and you can have your own country. Kind of cool. Blows your mind. You know, sales skills. Number one skill to have as a syndicator. And Tom Hopkins, the king of sales training, is always there. Such a great guy. Uh, here's another thing that I learned from Russell Gray, uh, the real estate guys, right? So he basically did the simple math where the 2% inflation rate, which is the published target of the Fed. Yes, they want to devalue US dollar by 2% every single year, straight from the website. A 2% inflation rate results in a 10% return on equity of money invested in real estate. Just let that sink in for a second. If nothing else happens, you get 10% return on equity just based on inflation, which is why real estate is such a great hedge for inflation as well. A lot of people talking about gold, another great hedge against inflation and the devaluation of the dollar. I always enjoy Peter Schiff. I heard him speak and had dinner with him. Peter Schiff is a super, super smart guy. He predicted the last recession, actually published a book a couple of years before. He just published another book called The Real Crash. And I, it's on my list of books to read next called The Real Crash. And every time I listen to Peter Schiff, I, I start to understand the relationships between things a lot better. If inflation goes up, what happens? What happens to the dollar? What happens to the value of gold? What happens to the stock market? 
right? So Peter Schiff obviously is predicting the the end of times for sure. And you have to understand these things, not because you can avoid them, but because you so that it raises your awareness so you can do something about it. And and I can tell you that being in real estate is a great place to be as a hedge for a lot of these things, but you have to go there with your eyes open. So, you know, what do you do about this? How do you prepare for this stuff? And number one is educate yourself. And the real estate guys, radio.com, their newsletter is just so great. Subscribe to it, read it. There's also Adam Taggart and Chris Martinson's super two smart people with peakprosperity.com. They actually have real things that help you become more resilient and self-sufficient if things maybe don't turn out quite right. And they have some really practical things you can do. It's at peakprosperity.com. I love Robert Kiyosaki because he talks about what intelligence means. He talks about that a coin, intelligence is seeing all three sides of the coin. Now, you might say, oh gosh, a coin only has two sides. Well, you have one side heads, the other side tails, but then there's the edge, the third side. And real intelligence, being able to sit on the edge of the coin and considering both sides. And for you advanced listeners, being okay with the outcome of either it really talked a lot about spirituality, and I certainly came through that as well, where I got to the point where regardless of what was happening, the circumstances around me, the loss of my restaurants, the almost hot loss of my house, where I became actually rather peaceful. And uh, it was just a, an exercise of humility and surrender that uh, puts you at peace with of any outcome, whether gold goes to 400, it's at $1,500 now, or skyrockets to 10,000, you are fine with either outcome. Fear won't paralyze you. And he talks a lot about be, do, have. So you don't have wealth, you are wealthy. That's a huge difference, right? You are wealthy and you may or may not have wealth, but you are wealthy. It can be taken away from you. You're fine with that outcome, but you can get it back because you are wealthy. You don't have wealth. So really powerful stuff about how you can get ready for uh, for any uncertain time as well with regards to multifamily real estate investing, okay? So we've I've said this now for, gosh, almost two years now. You have to be prudent with investing in real estate and multifamily. Now, we are not sitting on the sidelines. Some people are, not a lot. Some people are, but we are going in more intentionally, we are recognizing that there's an uncertain future. So things, for example, being very cautious with bridge loans, right? Being very, this is definitely an advanced strategy. And I'm at the point now where I'm saying no more bridge loans at all. Always looking for stable value add deals, stable meaning I can put agency debt on there for 10 years or more. And if something were to happen in year two, three from now, it doesn't matter. We can ride it out, right? Consider lower leverage, That's also a more conservative thing. Make sure that you have liquidity in the deal, meaning that you have enough reserves when you close and that you as a partners have liquidity, either in debt or ideally cash. Cash is going to be king moving forward because it can be used both for emergency situations, but also to take advantage of opportunity. Imagine if the market were to correct. Can you imagine? Just think back how much opportunity there was in 2008 and 9. Everything was on sale. No one was buying because everyone was scared out of their minds. Imagine this happening again, and there's so much opportunity. Make sure that you have your education, you have investors lined up, you have your own money, take advantage of it all. And look into investing in gold. Understand that. 
really, you know, listen to Peter Schiff and some of the other people that were uh, on the podcast and, and just look at the uh, futureofmoneyandwealth.com. That video series from last year was recorded and it's fabulous. I think it's like 500 bucks, which is a steal. Trust me, the, the cruise itself is a lot more expensive than that. I would encourage you guys to go to the future of futureofmoneyandwealth.com and buy that video series and it has all these guys on there. It's just don't go into this blind. It's a great, great tool that they've, that they've done. So it's one of those things where, you know, don't be paralyzed with fear, but open your eyes and just make sure you educate yourself and you are aware and make sure that you join us at Dealmaker Live July 26, 27 in Dallas. And to get tickets, you go to themichaelblanc.com forward slash event and grab your tickets before the price goes up. All right, you guys. Hopefully you found that super, super valuable. I certainly got a lot of benefit from the cruise. Consider joining next year. And with that, I'll talk to you guys later and see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.